Hi everyone, welcome back to Play Therapy Podcast. I'm Taylor and I'm here with Carmela. Hi. And Melody. Hey. In this episode, we are going to talk about relative research within the field. I think much of what we will share is going to solidify how effective play therapy is and who it might best work for, which is an important consideration when choosing a therapy. I will be starting off our talk today by discussing how play therapy can be utilized in school settings. It's good to consider how it can be used in schools because sometimes it can be hard to see how play therapy or therapy in general applies to school problems, even though a lot of mental health professionals work in the school system. One problem that researchers have looked into is how play therapy can help students presenting with externalizing problems. Um, Meany Wallen and colleagues investigated the effectiveness of Adlerian play therapy on the behaviors of two elementary age children who had externalizing and off-task classroom behaviors. And this is important because distressing emotional concerns in children are usually expressed through externalizing behavior problems such as aggression, impulsivity, and off-task behaviors. And school tends to be harder for those students who have externalizing and off-task behavior problems because of the expectations that schools usually set for students in terms of their behavior. So what these researchers found is that bi-weekly Adlerian play therapy sessions for six weeks was effective in reducing the behaviors they targeted in those two participants. The first participant was able to stay focused for longer periods of time and use constructive behavior more frequently. In group sessions, he was even beginning to build mutual and collaborative relationships with peers and his teacher. They also noted some improvements in his behaviors. The second participant made improvements in his social skills and his externalizing behaviors in the classroom were also reduced. Another way that play therapy can be used in an academic settings is for students who have learning difficulties in combination with behavior problems. So in 2014, Swan and Ray conducted a case study using an ABA design to investigate the effectiveness of play therapy with students classified as having a learning disability and who also display behaviors of hyperactivity and irritability. So their study consisted of two participants, one male and one female, both in the first grade. Um, They had to meet four specific requirements. Um, They had to have an intellectual disability diagnosis, they had to exhibit behavioral problems within the classroom, they had to be placed in a self-contained classroom during the school day, and have borderline or clinical scores on the aberrant behavior checklist as rated by a teacher or parent or guardian. So they collected baseline data by having teachers fill out an ABC chart, um, which asked them to rate the behavior on a Likert scale throughout the day. And then in the play intervention phase, Each participant received 30 minutes of play therapy for five minutes, and behaviors were tracked throughout this time. Then during the withdrawal phase, the participants were no longer enrolled in play therapy. However, the the therapist still met with the participants for 15 minutes for about two weeks um, within the classroom just to keep that, um, like, bond and not not to totally withdraw the um, therapy Mm -hmm. immediately. Um, So hyperactivity and irritability behaviors decreased for both participants after the intervention phase by seven points. Social validity was analyzed by both teachers and parents and they rated lower levels of hyperactivity and irritability and they also expressed a desire to want to continue the play therapy sessions. 
So the only limitation to this study that the researchers noticed was that it's possible the effect of having the caring relationship with the play therapist caused a decrease in behaviors rather than the actual play therapy. However, hearing more and sharing more about our research, I think it's pretty evident that play therapy does make um, a difference. Oh, a group of researchers also examined the long-term effectiveness of child-centered play therapy on academic achievement in first graders. So we briefly mentioned before how child-centered therapy stems from Carl Rogers' person-centered therapy approach. Could you explain more about what play therapy based on that perspective would look like? So just to give some more background of what child-centered play therapy is, child-centered play therapy uses the natural language of children, like we mentioned before, um, a therapeutic relationship and play to give the child a therapeutic environment where they can experience full acceptance, empathy, and understanding from their therapist and use play to process their inner experiences and feelings. Um, so the researchers found that the children who participated in 26 sections, t- sessions of child-centered play therapy showed significant improvement on the early ac- achievement composite as measured on the young children's achievement test. Um, And also there was improvement in the reading, math, and spoken language subskills as well. Um, The participants in the study also displayed consistent improvement in their academic scores throughout the duration of the study as well. So overall, the findings of the study suggest that child-centered play therapy is useful as a long-term method to support academic achievement. Yeah, so the study also suggests that long-term child-centered play therapy can be a good intervention for elementary school counselors to use for children who have emotional or academic needs, and this can also give counselors the opportunity to use play therapy with children in schools as a way of providing academic support. Another study that took that child-centered play therapy approach that you're talking about was looking at at how effective group sessions and individual sessions were in improving social-emotional functioning, such as social competence, empathy, and self-regulation, based on parents' and teachers' ratings. When these children went to play therapy sessions, either group or individual, at the end, they found that parents reported seeing a significant improvement in these students' self-regulation and social competence, which is really good for those students. The only thing they didn't see was any effect on empathy compared to children who weren't in play therapy. What's interesting is teachers didn't really notice a difference in the, the social-emotional functioning of these children in play therapy compared to children who weren't in play therapy. It seems like play therapy could be really helpful to children in school. Yeah, but even though we've seen some of the research that it's been effective in school, a lot of school professionals, especially counselors, don't really use this technique. A researcher from Texas University, a Texas University surveyed over 200 public school counselors to see what led to them using this technique versus not using it. And the most cited reason for not using play therapy, besides having students who were just beyond the age when they thought play therapy would be appropriate, was simply not knowing how to do the therapy. I've always wondered how counseling students in schools may be a sensitive subject in general, but the topics that may need to be discussed may be too intense given the limited time counselors have with students. After discussing such a sensitive topic, it could be difficult to send 
to send a student back to class afterward, but play therapy really might be a good way to start working on more emotional topics in the school day. The time and intensity piece are really good points. Some of the other reasons that that study found that counselor cited was there was a lack of time or a lack of funding for using this technique. They also didn't seem to have a lot of convincing evidence for its effectiveness with children, but hopefully this podcast can kind of direct those professionals to see how play therapy can be useful with certain students. The counselors who did use play therapy said the intervention offered some advantages that other approaches simply didn't have, and it aligned with their own counseling philosophies, as well as them seeing good counseling outcomes as a result of the play therapy. So as we have discussed, there is a vast amount of research that has been conducted on the effectiveness of utilizing play therapy as an intervention for treating social, emotional, and behavioral deficits in children. A meta-analysis conducted in 2005 by Branton, Ray, Ryan, and Jones found that a large effect size of 0.8, they found the large effect size of 0.8 for play therapy treatments. It is sounding more and more like there is a need for training in this type of therapy so it can be used in schools. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, now that we're going to switch gears, now we're going to switch gears and a little and talk about how play therapy can be used specifically with families. One approach that we found with using play therapy with families is something called play sy- family system play therapy. Yeah. So interestingly, I found um, an article by Daly and colleagues that looked into integrating play therapy with family therapy to restructure family hierarchy and moderate a child's symptomatic behavior in a variety of ways. Um, So the researchers applied the family play therapy approach to a case example of family therapy with a nine-year-old boy whose parents were concerned about behavioral problems that were being shown at school and home. And these behavior problems that the boy was showing included aggression, non-conformance, Um, and social adjustment um, concerns. So the parents had problems with establishing and maintaining clear and consistent boundaries for their child's behavior and power struggles as well. And when the family would play together, they would all be um, at the same level cognitively. When they played together in the play therapy sessions, they would be all at the same level cognitively and verbally, which allowed for problematic structural dynamics to arise and the therapist was able to use play therapy to give their input on these dynamics in a way that let the child feel heard which translated into the child being able to articulate his feelings towards his parents instead of using negative behaviors to express his frustrations. So the structural components of this approach seems to be an important piece for the parents. It helps the parents to recognize their roles in the family. The researchers mentioned that using structural therapy without play for this family would have reinforced the triangulation of the child into adult issues that the child was already experiencing with his parents. And by integrating the two, the family was able to strengthen the parent-child's hierarchy while still giving a voice to their child's concerns and emotions. It's kind of cool how they already use something so complex like family system therapy and just added this extra piece of play therapy to kind of resolve some of the issues that they are already seeing through family system therapy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Melody, could you tell us more about how you think play therapy would work with children who have divorced parents? 
Sure. Looking back on my experience with play therapy um, has actually made me think about the relationship between play therapy and children who have divorced parents. Um, two researchers by the name of Hirschfield and Wittenborn actually examined how using emotionally focused family therapy with play therapy techniques could help children whose parents are divorced. Um, so just to give some background of what emotionally focused family therapy is, it's an attachment-based approach that works to strengthen attachment bonds by restructuring a family's negative interaction cycle. Um, and this therapy can be useful for children who are having difficulties with dealing with a divorce in their family. Um, the researchers discussed how integrating play therapy techniques with emotionally focused family therapy can be useful to help parents and children reestablish their attachment bonds with one another following the stress that may come with a divorce in the family. That's really interesting. Research has actually alluded that play therapy can be used with other therapy techniques. When play therapy and family-focused therapy, for example, are paired together, it increases its effectiveness. And seeing how when parents are actively involved in the therapy, in all these contexts, that it's actually increased the effectiveness of the therapy, kind of gives us an idea that maybe we should be including play therapy a lot more, even in conjunction with a different theoretical therapy that's taking place. Yeah, so the researchers um, in the study that I mentioned actually presented a case illustration by discussing play therapy techniques using the three stages of emotionally focused family therapy. And in the first stage, which is assessment and de-escalation of negative cycle, um, the therapist meets with the child individually and evaluates the family's patterns by following the child's guidance through activities such as playing with puppets, um, in the second stage, which is restructuring interactions, the therapist's goal is to encourage the need for attachment and to restructure the family's patterns of interaction. So, for example, the, therapy, the therapist can use family play therapy to do this by letting the family play together, searching for clues that indicate their family strategies with one another, and studying their communication as a family. Um, and in the last stage, um, which is the integration of a new cycle, the therapist helps the family deal with those problems in a different way and works with the family to integrate their new cycle into their daily routine. So we mentioned a lot of ways of how we can add components to play therapy or add play therapy as a component to other therapies to kind of help its effectiveness. Do you think this approach that you mentioned about emotion-focused therapy would have been helpful to you? So this approach of integrating um, play therapy techniques to emotionally focused family therapy was actually interesting to me because it made me wonder how I possibly could have benefited more from using this approach instead of play therapy by itself. So there's a vast amount of research which supports the use of play therapy with children who are experiencing um, grief and our, more research is starting to develop using its effective, utilizing the effectiveness of play therapy with kids experiencing traumas. Um, and then additionally, play therapy with kids who have experienced the loss of a loved one helps them to process the experience. That's like the major benefit of play therapy with kids who have experienced um, grief. So for kids who have lost a parent in combat, for example, when play therapy is utilized as their therapeutic intervention, the child and the surviving parent um, would enter into a session together and it could help strengthen the bond between the two. So a case study done by Sori's Mayor, Bear, and Thomas 
used an ABA design that helped to show just how effective play therapy is for children experiencing loss. So in their study, um, and all names have been changed, they mentioned for the purpose of confidentiality, but Billy is a five-year-old boy who lost his father fighting in Iraq. And after his dad's death, he started experiencing severe nightmares and separation anxiety from his mother, so much so that he couldn't even attend school. So together, he and his mom entered into play therapy, and the therapist, to start off the first session, introduced um, all the toys in the room to Billy and had his mom just sit on the side and watch him play. She was not, she was told she could not intervene in his play, um, and at first this was really, really difficult for her because her son was expressing a lot of anxiety and fear through his play. Um, so his play looked like he picked up some dolls in a dollhouse um, and he set kind of a stage where the good guys were inside the house and the bad guys were outside of the house. And as he kept playing, you could see his anxiety just continuing to increase. Um, and so when he finally was done, done playing, when the session ended, the therapist explained to Billy and his mom, Joan, that they were both able to experience and express their anxieties in a safe way in this room without becoming too overwhelmed um, because there was the help of the therapist there. And Billy and his mom continued these sessions for a few weeks. And after each session, the therapist would sit them down and do a debriefing together with the two of them. And based on what the therapist was noticing in Billy's behavior, she was able to teach Joan a lot of helpful techniques that she could utilize at home when Billy was displaying anxiety. So by the end, Billy's nightmares had decreased drastically and Billy was able to go to school for half day sessions and Joan was able to process her own loss of her husband and felt much more calm and capable of helping Billy. Military families are always really interesting to think about because we have a lot of families that are kind of transient in the school system and they deal with these big issues, but not they don't always have the resources or even the time to do things like this where they can process those losses and trauma that they're having. Play therapy could be really useful in that case, just like you were describing. I think another thing with military families is that they're always on the move. They're constantly moving around. So kind of to build a rapport with one therapist would might be difficult. But I think for a child, having play be involved might um, help like ease the nerves of the situation. And they might be more likely to um, engage in a therapy. Definitely. So kind of tying in with populations that tend to be smaller or that we often don't think of. There was a study that by Post in 2019 that was kind of looking at all the research on play therapy being used with populations that are typically marginalized or have experienced trauma. And overall, they saw that a lot of the research has focused on how play therapy is effective with externalizing problems. And that teachers tended to complete the assessments that were tied to indicating these children having externalizing problems. The only thing is that the research didn't really address things that are important characteristics in therapy, such as maybe the play therapist's own ethnicity and background, and how this might tie into how well play therapy section sessions actually happen. But overall, they did see that play therapy was effective and that maybe we should be considering it more, not just with uh, typical populations, but with those more marginalized populations. 
Mm, that's really interesting. I feel like that you definitely have to consider like the cultural aspect too, like mm-hmm. when you're doing play therapy, because like not everyone is going to use the same play techniques. Like not every kid plays the same. Like if a kid comes from another country, like he might have a different idea of what playing is than in America. So it's definitely important to consider um, those factors mm-hmm. when you're putting your child well when a child is coming to you as a therapist yeah for sure so kind of tying off of that there is a movement that came out a couple years ago called primary project and its aim was specifically trying to show how when we're looking at children who are at risk of developing social emotional or behavioral problems (laughs) trying to allow them to play in a slightly structured but more free way mm-hmm. that is more culturally relevant to them, but mm-hmm. still looking at these issues, was developed. It was developed out of the Children's Institute, which continues to monitor and accredit new primary project programs based on a bunch of different characteristics, such as how many children are being served by the program, how many sessions they typically do, and how they uh, screen and progress monitor the students. Where, um, where has this intervention been adopted? So currently it has firm accredited programs in both New York and Florida. I believe it actually stemmed out of Rochester, New York, mm-hmm. as when it initially began. Mm-hmm. So play therapy has a lot of application in different settings and with different populations. Next time we will get to see how a therapist conducts a play therapy session. And we look forward to sharing next week's podcast with you.